Hi, I'm Kayla Bren, your host of Discovering the Balance. Today is Sunday, June 6th, 2021, and this is episode 8. I am recording from, of course, inside Diesel Dolly, the truck, and I am currently in Green River, Wyoming, and it is windy. <laughs> so incredibly windy. Um, I've always heard that the West was windy, but it just continues to impress me with how how windy it really is. Um, I've often questioned whether or not I would rather just be in the Southeast dealing with rain. And it's kind of a toss up. They're both really a pain. So anyways, I'm in Wyoming recording on Diesel Dolly. And tonight's episode is going to be a smorgasbord. So I'm going to bring back my super special guest, Riley. I am going to update you guys on what our trip agenda is. We intended for Diesel Dolly's Great Escape to be one year. So I'm going to update you on whether or not that is turning out to be true. Um, I'm also going to give a rundown of where we've been. Somehow it's already been eight weeks since I started this podcast. And I wanted to give a glimpse into what those eight weeks have really looked like for us. I, of course, am telling stories from different times of the past and often only really giving you just a glimpse of maybe one activity we've done for the week. So I wanted to hit where we've been and what the highlights were at those places. And then also uh, let you guys know where we're headed the rest of this summer. So without further ado, let's jump in. So I have a bit of an update to share, and I think it's been a bit overdue. I started the podcast eight weeks ago and really just dove right in, and I've been sharing stories from different times along the way, um, but I haven't really, you know, shared when, when are we ending? So when we started off on our great escape, it was in July of 20 that we decided this. So we had plans of moving to Jacksonville, Florida, and we decided to forego those plans, still sell our home, still quit our jobs, but instead we chose to purchase an RV and we said we would take one year to travel the United States, see as much as we could before settling down in an unknown location and, you know, doing life again. So I think it's natural for most people who jump into full-time RVing, whether they had been RVing previously, whether they were like weekend warriors or whatnot, I don't think many people jump into the RV lifestyle planning to do it long-term because it's just, there's just too many unknowns and you can't really have a full grasp of what that is like and until you're truly living full-time on the road. So I think it's natural for most people to start saying like, oh, we're going to do it for six months or a year or whatever it is. And then slowly but surely you fall in love with the lifestyle and next thing you know, you don't have an end date. So there's the big news. We are not quitting by the end of July. Um, to think that we would only have two more months just kind of breaks my heart. Like, uh, it, it reminds me of how quickly time goes and how crazy it is that we are quickly 
approaching our one year anniversary. Um, but I'm just so thankful and grateful that we are going to have the opportunity to continue this. This decision really came early on in our travels. I would say it was probably middle of October that we decided like we were really going to be selling ourselves short if we were trying to end things by the end of July because summer in America is still quite beautiful up north, especially August and September. And trying to get back by August, we we were really just going to be missing out on some really beautiful weather. And if you haven't picked it up by now, we basically just try to chase really pretty weather. We would love to always stay in the low 50s um, as low and then like, you know, low 80s as the high. Um, we obviously miss the mark quite a bit, but that's like, that's the aim. That's the dream, right? So it was October that we decided like, mm, we, we have no idea where we really want to settle down quite yet. Um, we think we can financially make this continue to work for a little bit longer. So why would we stop? Because Jeff and I have often looked at each other and just said the moment that we, you know, settle down, we buy a house, like that's it. We're not going to be able to have this like reset again. It's going to be when we are retired and much less like Riley is quite literally the perfect age. I mean, he is eight years old, um, going into third grade. He has such an appetite for learning and adventuring and he doesn't have all that sass yet. You know, like he's a sweet, sweet eight-year-old. So it's just really the perfect time to be doing this. So it, it doesn't take much convincing before you're like, okay, yeah, we, we need to keep doing this for as long as we can. So this announcement comes with our decision to purchase Diesel Dolly. And so I wanted to give a little bit of history on her and explain how we came into possession of her. So Diesel Dolly has not always been Diesel Dolly. A year ago, she didn't even have a name but she belonged to my parents. So my parents purchased uh, Diesel Dolly in November of 2000. So this truck is a 2001 Ford F250 um, 7.3 diesel power stroke. Um, if you know anything about trucks, which Okay, probably most of my listeners don't know that much about trucks. I think my brother listens, so he'll know, of course. But anytime we tell somebody, like, what kind of truck we have, they're like, oh, that, that truck's going to last you a long time. Like, people who actually know things about trucks. Um, and then when we tell them the low mileage on it, I mean, they're just, like, blown away. They're like, oh, that's just going to keep on, keep on trucking. <laughs> so this truck was purchased by my parents 20 plus years ago. Okay. This truck has taken them to Alaska, to Newfoundland, 46 states, nine different provinces. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And it's so cool because we go to different places and my mom is like, Dolly's been here before. She has towed us here. So my parents used this truck to tow for 16 years because again, there was that like four year period where they were still looking for their camper, but they already had their tow vehicle. Um, so diesel Dolly was replaced by their Ford, um, F three fifty super duty and it's a dually. So they can now tow a little bit heavier of an RV. And so then they kept Dolly because 
if you know Pops, like that was his first truck. Pops has taken such great care of it. He got that truck a brand new paint coat in 2017. I mean, it's just in pristine condition. So he kept it. Um, and then last summer he was finally convinced that like, okay, we should just sell it. There's no reason to have two giant trucks. So he put it in their driveway and, you know, didn't have any bites over the first week or so. If he had put it online, it probably would have sold in a heartbeat. Um, but he decided to just keep it. (laughs) So when we came up with this crazy plan, my parents were like, well, I mean, if you're going to do this, I mean, you're more than welcome to use the truck. So within a week of this crazy idea, um, literally one week, um, they were signing over the truck to us. So they, they signed over the truck for like insurance purposes and liabilities and all of that. And it was with the understanding that we were just borrowing the truck and that we would be giving it back after our one year. So I give this announcement as we have just made the decision to purchase outright diesel dolly because we're not ending in a year. And we believe this truck has more miles to drive and more of America to see and to take us on this great escape. So we have full confidence in this truck and we are super excited to now have paid our debt and to fully own this truck. And I think it just symbolizes to us that like, like this is it. Like we're, we're doing this more of a lifestyle than a one year adventure. I think after you, if you go past one year, I think it is definitely considered like this is your lifestyle now. Um, how long we will go. We'll talk about that in another podcast, but just for right now, just know that we are not ending in, uh, by the end of July, we don't have an end date as of right now, but we do have a truck that is ours and we are ready to continue to explore this country. Okay, I am back with my super special guest, Riley. Riley, can you say hello to everyone? Hello. Hello. Well, you have become a fan favorite. This is a segment that probably gets the most comments um, and most praise. So, well done, sir. Um, But remind people, if they're new to this or have forgotten, what did you decide to call your segment? Riley Talks About That. Riley talks about that. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about Rocky Mountain National Park. Rocky Mountain National Park. So we were just there a few days ago. Now, why did you choose to talk about this? Well, Rocky Mountain National Park became my new favorite. Your new favorite? Man! So Zion National Park gets the boot and now Rocky Mountain National Park. Why is that? Well, at Rocky Mountain, we saw a whole lot of animals. A whole lot of animals. Can you, I think you made a list, right? Can you list out all the animals? We saw pikas and chipmunks about the size of mice. Um, We saw mule deer, prairie dogs, bighorn sheep, um, two birds, a seller's jay, and a mountain chickadee. And we also saw moose and elk. Wow, that is a lot. 
That was a lot of animals, wasn't it? It felt like every moment we were looking somewhere at something, right? Yes. Now, tell me, what's the difference between a moose and an elk? Because I forget every single time, and you have to remind me. Moose are, um, moose on their neck, they have bells. They have bells. So they have the big thing hanging down from their neck, right? Yes. Okay, so that's the only difference between the moose and the elk. Well, also, um... um, the moose are the biggest, actually, of the deer family. Oh, are they both a part of the deer family? Yes, they are. Oh, but the moose is the biggest? The moose is the biggest deer. Ah, very, very cool. How do you know that? Let me get. Hold on. Let me guess. Wildcrats. <laughs> Wildcrats. So, one of Riley's hobbies is definitely animals. He loves to read about them, watch TV shows about them, and most importantly, see them in real life, right? Yes. Best part of being able to travel around, right? Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing about Rocky Mountain National Park. It was definitely cool to see so many different animals. Yes. All right. We'll talk to you in another few episodes. Okay. Bye. So somehow it has already been eight weeks since I began this podcast. The first episode aired on April 19th, which was also our meetup date with Grams and Pops. So that means we have been caravanning around together for eight whole weeks. And during that time, we have seen eight national parks and stayed at 11 different campgrounds. So I wanted to briefly run through where all we have been and the sites we were there to see, and then also go over a little bit of what's to come for our trip. We are set to be with Grams and Pops until September 8th, and we have so much more left to see. So first, we started in Springdale, Utah, which is where Zion National Park is. Um, I spent a good deal of episode two talking about Zion, so if you haven't heard that, I definitely recommend checking that one out. Zion was breathtaking. So breathtaking and memorable that my phone still to this day, half the time when I open the weather channel, it puts me in Springdale, Utah. So I I don't know what that's about. Maybe my heart is still in Springdale and my phone knows something that I don't know. However, their weather right now is a hundred plus temps, which no thank you. If you know me, I probably would have been my 18 year old self at Zion National Park had it been a hundred plus. I would have been like, that's pretty, but I'll be right here. So it just makes us so incredibly thankful for the weather that we had. We have been so, so blessed. Um, But it it was also off of research um, that we did and then also advice that we were given. So very thankful that we heeded that advice and that we timed things the way that we did. So from Springdale, we went to Bryce, Utah, which is where we did Bryce Canyon National Park. And after Bryce, we headed to Richfield. So Richfield, Utah, about an hour from there is Capitol Reef National Park, which was really special for us because this was a park that was new to all of us. Grams and Pops have been in the Mighty Five of Utah a couple of different times, but they had never made it to Capitol Reef. So it was really cool to do that all together. 
And then from Richfield, we went to Moab. So Moab, we were right outside of the entrance for Arches National Park, which was ideal because that place is packed and they closed the gates pretty early in the day, like 10 a.m. <laughs> and you were out of luck until the afternoon. Um, and then it's also about 45 minutes away from Canyonlands National Park. So definitely a great location to do both of those. But after that, we concluded the Mighty Five and we were ready for some rest. So we headed into Colorado and we stayed a week in Mancus. So Mancus was a great location for us because we had only two goals. We wanted to go to Mesa Verde National Park, which is just to the west of Mancus. And then we also wanted to do Durango with a day trip up to Silverton, which is an old mining town. And that was to the east of Mancus. So Mancus was great. It was right in the middle of both of those things. It gave us time to do both. And then it also gave us a lot of time to just rest. And after Mancus, we decided to go back down into New Mexico, give Colorado a little bit more time to warm up, and it gave us another week of rest. So after that, we headed back into Colorado and went to Alamosa, which is where we had two nights there and one day to, uh, to make the best of Great Sand Dunes National Park, which if you haven't listened to episode five, at the end of that episode, I give an update and I talk about the Great Sand Dunes National Park. It was interesting. I mean, a memory maker for sure. Um, so from Alamosa, we headed to Colorado Springs. And man, if you've never been to Colorado Springs, it is just one of those cities where you can make a full week vacation for sure out of it. There is just so much to do, especially outdoors. So we were able to do um, Pikes Peak. It had just newly opened after being closed for three years, the Cog Railway. Um, really, really cool experience. Um, the Olympic Training Museum is brand new, very interactive. If you follow Diesel Dolly's Great Escape, I think Jeff just posted some pictures from that. And then we also did Garden of the Gods from there. So after Colorado Springs, we headed to Denver and we had one week there, but it wasn't really a whole week because we also flew out to Nashville to go to my brother's wedding. So Denver, unfortunately, we really didn't get to experience it. We definitely got to drive around town where, whether we were running errands or whatnot, but we didn't really get to do anything in Denver. And then from Denver, we left, and this is just this past week, <laughs> this past Wednesday, we headed to Estes Park. Um, so we were in Estes Park for three nights and had two whole days to do Rocky Mountain National Park. And wow, what a breathtaking national park that is. I now understand all of the hype that led up to it. Um, and we just cannot wait to get back. There was so much snow <laughs> still on the trails. So, so many of the trails were closed. Um, so we definitely want to come back when we're maybe more in the dead middle of the summer. And so from Estes Park, we are making our way into Wyoming. And so we had our first overnight, meaning we just pulled in. We didn't even unhitch. So since being with Grams and Pops, we have been at least two nights or more, which has been really nice. Um, but we're, we're putting in some miles right now. So where are we headed? Um, we have many more adventures this summer. Um, I did not do the trip planning, so there are many things that I probably don't even know that we're going to be seeing. But some of the big things are another eight national parks. Um, we're seeing the Grand Tetons, Craters of the Moon, Yellowstone, Badlands, Wind Cave, 
Theodore Roosevelt, Voyagers, and Indiana Dunes. And that's just the national parks. Um, We also plan to see the headwaters of the Mississippi. We're going to be in Mount Rushmore for July 4th. We're going to Mackinac Island. Just so many beautiful, beautiful things ahead for this summer. So we depart them on September 8th. So everything that I mentioned will be done before September 8th. You'll have to tune in to episode 11 to hear where we plan to spend fall and then the winter. This last winter we did Texas and headed out west. So you'll have to tune into that episode to hear what our plans are next. I think a common misconception of our lifestyle and what our, you know, day-to-day looks like and our week-to-week looks like is how we experience the different cities and towns that we go to. You know, often when we are talking to family or friends and we mention somewhere that we're going, if they have been, one of the first things that people mention is either like restaurants or shopping that was enjoyable or activities that they did. Um, or like big activities, you know, like hot air ballooning or whitewater rafting or taking this train or whatnot. And the reality is for us, we can't do every city or town or place big. We just can't. So we eat out of our kitchen and our in our RV 90% of the time. And 90% of these adorable towns that we do come across, we don't even experience. I mean, we were in Estes Park just a few days ago. We drove through the downtown area, but we didn't even walk it. And sometimes we do wish like, oh man, we should have at least walked that. But if you don't plan on spending any money, there's not a lot of purpose of walking in and out of each of these stores. So I say all of this because we love a good reason to actually have to go out shopping. Uh, When you live in an RV, you don't just shop. I mean, everything you purchase, you have to find a place for it. And unless you love it so much that you just want to look at it all the time, you better have a place for it. Otherwise, you're just going to be annoyed that you have it. So shopping is a very intentional thing for us now, which is good. Um, My shopping habits have just completely changed over the last few years. And this year it has changed the most. So when we were in Mancus, Colorado, we were in need of a few things. Um, I desperately needed a new pair of Merrells, um, my go-to hiking, walking shoe. It served many, many miles over eight months, but it had finally bit the dust and we were not going to be anywhere where we could receive mail for a couple of weeks. And I had kind of waited too long. So I had found a couple of places that sold Merrill shoes in Durango. And then we were also in need of some graduation gifts because we had a niece and a nephew graduating. So on our day trip to Silverton, my parents took us back through Durango, the downtown area. They had eaten at a little Italian place there um, years ago when they had been there prior. And they said the downtown area was really cute. So we go through the downtown area. It is really cute. And Jeff and I decide, you know what, we'll make a day date out of it. So the following morning, we get up, we go to a local donut shop in Durango. Riley doesn't actually like donuts. He likes tiny little donuts. 
Um, but those are the only ones. And that's kind of sad for me and Jeff because we both love donuts a lot. So we took it as an opportunity to eat donuts. And then we went to the downtown Durango area. We checked out a store called Brown's Shoes. It looked like it had been a store on that strip from the early 1900s. Um, very old school and classic. And wouldn't you have it? They were having a sale. They had clearance rack, plenty of six and a half hiking shoes. Um, I tried on a few. I got to a pair that was a Merrill's. It fit like a glove and I was like, this is it. And it was already on sale and then it was like another 10% off. And I just remember thinking like, this is way better than Amazon. Like, first of all, I already know that it fits and that I don't have to return it. And it's in my hands right now. And there is just something about shopping local that makes you feel like you are having a bigger impact on the community that you are in. So after that success, we headed to a bookstore and this local shop owner, she was so sweet and thoughtful in her suggestions. She wanted to know about each of the graduates, where they were headed to next, and was just so very thoughtful in her recommendations to us. So we picked out one book and then we had one book that was that we really had in mind for one of them. It was Atomic Habits. And so she didn't have it. She was going to get it in stock on Tuesday. And so what she did was she called her competition right around the corner asked them if they had a copy in stock and sure enough they did and she asked them to hold it for us and so that is my example of a good neighbor I love seeing somebody who is so much more concerned with seeing a customer um, find what they are what they are looking for than their own bottom line so we left her store we purchased one from her we went around the corner and purchased the other book they offered to gift wrap it and I was like this is even more awesome because again gift wrap is a hard thing to keep in a, in a rig because you just need a long space that's it's again storage is an issue and I was like this is awesome so she wraps the one book and then I'm like do you mind wrapping the other book that we got I was like my wrapping will not look as good as yours and she was like of course so that is our story of good neighbors um just the difference between shopping online and not coming into contact with anybody versus going in person and having an opportunity to, you know, connect with somebody, somebody who quite literally is your neighbor. And maybe they'll be a little bit more invested in you and the gift that you are looking for um, because it's face to face and it's not online. And me, I'm a huge fan of face to face. Okay, I think that about wraps up episode eight. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was a smorgasbord of an episode for sure, but I hope at the very least it brought a smile to your face. Tune in next week for episode nine here on Discovering the Balance. Mm-hmm.